Welcome to the Blitz with Rob and Chris. Rob, what it do? What's up? What's up? That was ladies first right there. So uh, happy International Women's Day to all our mothers, sisters, wives, girlfriends, and everybody else out there. Yeah, how, how the ladies treat you in Miami, bro? Man, up. listen, yo, they they gunning me down out here. I'm catching dubs <laughs> left and right. <laughs> you know the way the way they make me feel. I shouldn't be wishing them nothing. All right, but uh, you know, I I got I still got a mother, so I gotta you know celebrate International Women's Day. So so look, bro, we're gonna talk a lot about our man Dak got him a new contract. Look like the NFL throwing some of the monies around, but uh, I, first I want to talk about a movie that did it strictly for the money coming to america awesome <laughs> terrible terrible in the words of charles barkley bro I, I i settled in i think i went to the gym that was thursday night it released so i'm thinking i'm gonna go to the gym stay a little late so that when i come back take the shower the movie's ready to go yeah. Listen, 40 minutes into that movie, turned it off and went to bed. I said, I'll watch this another time. I'm not about to lose no sleep for this foolishness. If they couldn't put no effort into this movie, I'm not about to lose no sleep, you know, on the, on, on the next day. Nah, so I just, I cut it off. I came back, I finished watching it. I mean, it was, it was, they just sold you nostalgia, in my opinion. They didn't even try to make it funny. Right. They were like, let's just throw everything from the old one in it and, you know, take it, take it or leave it. That shit was embarrassingly bad, bro. Like, as a as a avid coming to America part one enthusiast, like I I still quote lines to this day. Uh, you know Samuel Jackson, Robin McDowell's of mm-hmm. you know Randy Watson, all all these you know memorable moments. I have I like I can't recall one line from that movie. Like there wasn't one. The barbershop, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, but the barbershop scenes in this movie were still. Uh, the best scenes to me, but nowhere near as funny as as the last time. Listen, they say it was coming to America, and they spent all the five minutes of an hour and a half movie in America. And <laughs> on top of that, like you know, a spoiler alert: McDowell's they, they built one in Zamunda. When I saw that, I was done. <laughs> I was done. You know, so a McDowell's in Zamunda is just that's just too much. But uh, man, let's let's get to it. Uh, before we start covering sports, we want to welcome a um, up-and-coming podcaster, uh, Jaron Miner from Xavier University. Got his own podcast. He started. He's two episodes in, Weekly Convos with Jaron. Jaron, what's up, man? Tell us a little bit about it. Man, what's going on, y'all? So my name is Jaron. Uh, I go to Xavier, and uh, I got a podcast called Weekly Convos with Jaron. And uh, pretty much, it's just talking about anything. We talk about life. We talk about music, sports. Um I know in New Orleans, everybody likes the Saints, but, you know, I try to keep everybody distant from the Saints and the LSU. Even the Pelicans, I try to make sure, you know, I throw a little something in there. But, hop, you know, I tell everybody to just come on in. You know, just come in. So, you know, the door is open. If you want to chime in and get your voice heard, just let me know. We set it up and put it out there for everybody to hear it. That's what's up, man. Jaron, thanks for coming on the show. And then also, I listened to the first episode Jaron, you know, he's spitting some facts. He got he got a little knowledge, y'all. You know, he's a young man, but he, he got some knowledge. But uh, we're going to get it popping today. We're going to bring a young man's perspective with, with, with Jaron being in college. Uh, you know, me and Rob kind of some old heads. So so we want to bring in a little fresh perspective on some of the topics. And, so, and also, I got a job for you, Jaron. I got a job for you. Keep your laptop out. You Do you do you listen to the Joe Budden podcast? You you need to start if you don't. They, they got a guy on there. They call him Screen Man. 
And what I'm going to ask you to do is to be our screen man. But what I want you to use your screen for is to fact check Chris. Because if you, <laughs> if anybody who listens to this podcast knows that Chris just makes stuff up, he just says stuff. And what he does is he throws stuff in his argument, and I'll be over here trying to Google it while he's saying it because I know he'd be wrong. But I don't have the time to 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 craft my response and get my Googles together to catch him. So what I need you to do is while we saying stuff during the podcast, just fact check us. I know my shit's tight because I checked my shit beforehand. Chris, on the other Ooh. hand, he's just be saying all kind of stuff. I'm, I'm so, not even going. I'm not even going to respond. I'm not even going to respond to that. Jaron has witnessed firsthand. <laughs> Rob just add to the outline before I hit record. So we already know he ain't researching shit. Uh, I'm somebody over the line. Sound like we gonna we gonna see. We gonna, we see. gonna see. We gonna see. Let's go. Uh, let's let's hop on in, y'all. So uh, All Star Weekend. You know the NBA's you know most highly touted event uh, between the start of the season and, and the playoffs. This is about as, as big as it gets for the NBA uh, until playoffs happen. Uh, it was a condensed weekend. Only on Sunday they squeezed in the co- skills competition, the, the three point contest, and the dunk contest, all with uh, in the confines of the game, uh, pregame and, and halftime. And uh, a lot of players were kind of adamant about thinking it shouldn't have happened. Paul George, LeBron James, Chris Paul, and so forth. But but they made it happen. And uh, you know, for fans, it gave us something at least something to watch. So first, I want to start off with you know the the most talked about, but always overhyped slam dunk contest rob what was your takeaway from 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 the dunk contest listen i told you off the podcast i got a new idea they need to start letting these professional dunkers just do the slam dunk competition if you spend any time on instagram they got some of these guys out here who just do all kind of sick trick dunks and when i watch this dunk contest first of all you're getting guys the 11th and 12th man and bringing them in nobody wants to see that This was supposed to be Obi Toppin's dunk contest to win because he was the only person anybody knew in the dunk contest and he failed miserably. Right. So I feel like that was a his dad's name was Dunker's Delight. Right. Like and how did you not involve your dad in one of the dunks? Right. Like, you know, so I thought those were fails and and I'm starting to get to the opinion. I think that D-Wade kind of messed the dunk contest up by shafting Aaron Gordon in the past. And I think that what you get at a certain point is it used to be like you were going to get some commercials and some ad revenue from doing the dunk contest. I think it was a Blake Griffin jumped over to Kia, you know, got ad revenue for that. Dwight Howard, everybody, Kobe Bryant, when he did it, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, everybody. I, I will say that I feel like LeBron was one of the first young stars to actually not do it. Um, but now I feel like, even Aaron Gordon is a mid-level player, right? right? And so now if he feels robbed and he doesn't want to do it because he's the type of person that would have potentially made money from it. Now you shaft him, right? I think that this is what you're going to start to get. You're going to start to get 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th man. And at that point, give me the professional guys, the 5'11 white guy with the Instagram page who's like doing all kind of crazy stuff. Just give me that because that's a fun show. Yeah, or else you're gonna end up with the, the man on a 10 day contract from the Indian Pacers. <laughs> right. And that's that makes for a very boring uh slam dunk contest. And and I, I think like you said, right, like when we kind of came up, you know, we went we went a tail end of like Jordan and, and Dominique, but then we still got, you know, Kobe. Um, we still got Nate, Nate Robinson, who was like five eight. So that made it just that much like to your point, that made it so much more compelling because you had this short dude. And then when he went up against Dwight Howard and the Superman, you had like 
that you know a seven foot against a five eight guy. So that that kind of made it interesting. Jaron, from your perspective, like being a younger guy, you've you've kind of come up in like the the dud slam dunk contest. Like, what's your thoughts on it? I just feel like watching a dunk contest for like the last few years. I don't get excited no more. Like I don't when it when I heard the names. Like, like when I heard Gordon and Levine when they when they did the dunk contest in Toronto, I was like, okay, you know, it's gonna be something. But when you hear like Ob and Simmons, I don't even know who the other guy was. I didn't even know who the other dude was. I just like I don't get excited no more. And I think it goes on based off the names. Yeah. And I feel like you know what I'm saying I feel like guys like they said like Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, um, Nate Robinson, even um, speaking of Nate Robinson, Spud Webb. I never seen the dunk contest, right, right. but I'm just saying right. Spud Webb. Like you know those are guys. We want to see we you know fans come out pay money for to see them them type of athletes do dunks, but I also feel like the dunk contest the guys kind of got like a little soft. I don't know if it's because they don't want the players to get hurt, or is it because you know I, that I don't know. That's yeah. why I feel like LeBron, like you said, Rob, LeBron never done it. I think it's because you know I don't want to get hurt. You know what I'm saying I'm not I'm too good. You know I'm good for that. You know I've done everything in the NBA. I don't need to do a dunk contest. But I feel like, you know, it would be cool to see, hey, LeBron, you should do a one year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. One good time. Zion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like LeBron, and I hate to say anybody owed us anything, but I feel like he owed us one slam dunk contest. And I feel like the problem for somebody like LeBron was that if he was only going to do it once, he had to win it that one time. Yep. And if he couldn't be sure he was going to win it that one time, he just wasn't going to do it. Exactly. And, and I feel like because Kobe got in there once and did it like – you got to get in there at least once and do it. That's just how I felt about it. I mean, he can jump so high, right? Right. And as an ambassador of the game, like that was his responsibility to keep the excitement of the slam dunk contest going. Right. I, I feel like the, the other dude, the other player that should do it is Russell Westbrook. I, mm-hmm. I, I got to see Russ do it one good time. I've seen John Wall do it. You know, I, I just need, I need to see Russ do it one good time because the West got the explosiveness, but right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he got the athleticism. Like, why not do it? You know, one good time. That's like, you know, that's my thing. But I'll now we're talking him. about now we're talking about all guys on the other side of thirty, right? Right. They they let that time right. pass. You know, right. That's why to me it's important that Zion does it. Like, right. If you want to rejuvenate it, like you need Zion to do it at you know six six. He had all these you know Instagram pages and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, the Pelicans organization is going with the knee injuries he's had. There's no way they're going to want him out there doing that. You have to throw a lot of money for that. Right. A lot of money for Zion to do that. But Dunk Elite on Instagram, you follow that. Like I don't. You start seeing that type of stuff, then you watch the dunk contest. And you're like, eh. Like I see better stuff every day on Instagram. So, do y'all see it making a comeback at any point, or is all because we've been in a steady decline for like the last five to seven years? Is does that trend continue, or do y'all see a, a rejuvenation of the other dunk contest? I think it can be. It only takes one guy. It only takes one guy to come in there who's also a star and say, I want to do it. And then like, I think it comes back. Yeah. And I think, too, like in a condensed version with only three guys, two dunks, like it's just not like in, and in a halftime. They just ha- they were forced to speed it up. So it, it couldn't build up the excitement. There was no fans like the slam dunk contest is the, is the one event that needs fan. It needs like the, the anticipation, the excitement of the crowd. So I think this year, like on top of it being in a decline and just not having big names, the fact that it was at halftime and, and they had to kind of hurry through it like that, that was it was made to fail this year. Um, moving on to the all star game itself. Um, y'all watched it. Did y'all enjoy it? No. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, at no. this point, it's just got they're running up and down the court, tossing Shoot, shots up. Half yeah, I shots. mean, it's just like there's no competitiveness in it. There's no defense in it. I was watching like the uh, Giannis was mic'd up, and, and you know he's got that kind of like high pitched voice. And he's like, "Come on, guys! Come on, guys!" I mean, I mean, somebody's got to play defense. It is like for <laughs> real, like 170 points. Like, yeah. please, somebody. But I mean, I did like the the three point shots that Dame and Steph were launching. It it's at a point where it's just like, man, when people try to compare old basketball to now, it's like. Mike was shooting, you know, he had seasons shooting like 29% from behind the arc. You know what I'm saying? These dudes are pulling up from half court. This is a different game. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like back in the day, regardless of like who had championships, when Magic went against Bird, when Magic went up against Isaiah, Isaiah against George, you know, like those matchups meant something. Like those dudes was out there to, you know, they were showing off these skills. Like they wasn't trying to get embarrassed. Or, or let anybody embarrass them or their team. Like to them, losing was embarrassing. Yeah, Magic was making like one million dollars a year back then. <laughs> True <too>. that. <laughs> These cats are making like 50, that. 40 million. They're not worried about this. Embarrassed. You can't embarrass. I'm rich. <laughs> Le- LeBron told us, he said, All y'all want the life that I have, right? You saw what Cam <laughs> to in that little 12 year old, huh? <laughs> I'm rich. rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's like you said, it's just to, to that point, like they're, they, they just don't care anymore. Um, Giannis with an MVP. I mean, you, you you shoot perfect from the floor, you know. That's gonna Curry should have got it. Thank you. I Thank think Curry should have got it. He had already got the three point championship. They just they were Curry spread, spreading, got it. spreading the wealth. They were spreading the wealth. So so look, Curry I researched. I researched like the last twenty MVPs, uh, All Star MVP. Steph doesn't have one, which I find like. Odd, and then like when you start looking at it, a lot of guys don't have. It's only like five dudes who've won it the last fifty years. I personally, I think it's the type of award you have to actually want to win, right? Yeah, because a lot of guys come into the game just like I'm gonna take this as an opportunity to have a day off, right? And you know, a guy like Giannis doesn't even have that mentality in him, right? So you know, and Steph, he's you would think he's tailor made for that because he can score points with low effort just by launching threes. But he's God. also an unselfish guy, too. And that's I true. Like, like you said, it's got to be an award. You basically go into the game saying, I'm going to get it. Like, so it's no surprise. Russ has two. He had back to back MVPs, which is. If I recall, it was one year that LeBron basically teed it up for AD and just. Yeah, in New Orleans. Was, yeah, giving him the rock every year so he could convince him to come to the Lakers later. Exactly. <laughs> which we needed that. We needed that. Uh, and, it, and then, you know, I want to get y'all perspective since y'all, you know, Jaron's at, at Xavier, HBCU, Rob, you finished from Morehouse. Uh, y'all thoughts on just like the NBA putting all the proceeds towards uh, HBCUs? Listen, uh, I, I can appreciate the NBA consistently making it clear where they stand on issues. I will say that some of that may have been driven from Adam Silver's perspective by the fact that I don't know how happy, you know, the city of Atlanta and some people were about the fact that the all-star game was being held there. I saw that there were like 14 shootings over the weekend, you know, there were a lot of wild parties, which, you know, that's to be expected, but at the same, like, you know, the NBA was constantly trying to distance themselves from the parties and send a cease and desist, but it's like, bro, you had to know when you did this, that this was going to come with the territory. Atlanta was one of the few cities that was open. You didn't choose a city that was shut down. You chose a city that was open. So now you're going to get the parties. Um, mm-hmm. So I can appreciate them, at least on the other side of it, doing things for the black community. Um, 
given the fact that they may have contributed to the spread of COVID over the weekend. Yeah. I feel like as well when they give it when they, like the All Star game, I think like pro like the NFL, I'm gonna compare it to NFL. I feel like the NFL Pro should do something like that. They should donate money to the HBCUs. I think they should do something like that, like the All Star game just did, just because the fact like I know the NFL and the NBA are two different sports, but they, I feel like they that they could touch on the same issues. You know what I'm saying? They always could touch on the same issues and also do like the same distribution with the money and stuff like that to HBCUs. Yeah, I thought it was cool the way they incorporated HBCUs into the whole event too. Like like all the referees, uh, HBCU graduates. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some of the fraternities and sororities. I think and my girl Felicia Rashad, uh, yeah, she introduced and I think it was the outfit from Morehouse. And you know, I'm I'm not a step show guy. I mean, you know, but they did their thing, I guess, you know, for, for step shows. Everybody's a step show guy. What are you talking about? Everybody's not a step. I did not like step shows what? in college at all. No, <laughs> no, no. It was what? so long. I used to catch the let out for the step show. That's what you catch. Man, y'all tripping. Man, uh, the step shows used to be three hours. Oh, my God. I used to fall asleep in those things. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a member of Me, Five Me, but, you know, everybody <laughs> enjoys a, a good step show. Everybody. That's because you went to LSU. You went to a majority institution. So a step show for you was probably like one of the few times that you guys got to get together. Right. At HBCUs, everybody has a step team. Every dorm has a step team. Every organization has a step team. So there's step shows like every week at an HBCU. <laughs> <laughs> you get you tired of them after a while. Like everybody's, everybody's, always, everybody's always stepping. My favorite different world episode was when the uh the girls' dorm had the step show. Right, yeah. I mean that's oh, how yeah. it was. That's how it was. I, I thought that was just made for TV. I didn't know that shit was real. No, that's exactly how it was. <laughs> Every dorm in a uh, tell you. uh moving on, man. Let's get to the NFL, our favorite sport. Uh this topic oh. has been talked about all like the whole last year. Uh Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million deal. That's a huge deal, especially considering he was franchised. And there was a lot of talk about he deserved a contract last year. He got his, you know, tore his ACL, tore his knee up, um, but he got the deal. So he now becomes the second highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, I think he's got a $60 million signing bonus, and I believe it's $75 million over the first year he gets in total. Um, so in saying all that, being the number two paid quarterback, where does he rank amongst the, the quarterback elite? Man, uh, money-wise, the brother's about to get paid. Uh, so here's where I want to start. Last year, like 10 months ago, five years, 175 was the word on the street, right? Um, that that's what he was being offered. So what I want to first start off and say, that's five, 35 million. For so I see you trying to do the quick math. See how see how I do my research, Jared? I, I got him. I got you. Chris. I didn't screen check. I didn't screen check. I man. I had the calculator, but I had my research. <laughs> five years, 175. So he 35 was the offer. A lot of people was like, yo, what are you doing? I heard that what he may have wanted, first of all, he wanted more money. I think he wanted north of 40, but then he also, right. I believe, wanted a shorter deal because he wants to be able, unlike uh, Mahomes in Kansas City. He doesn't want to do 10 years and be stuck. Right. He wants to be able to renegotiate. As we see the quarterback position, the numbers are constantly going up. Give me four, right? Dangerous if you're a mobile quarterback like he is. He gambles on himself. He breaks his ankle, right? And I'm thinking there's no way he's going to get what they offered him before. He still gets the $42 million. He gets, you know, all of his guaranteed money. 
So hats off to the brother. Gambled on himself, got hurt, and still got the money. Realistically speaking, do do as if I were a Saints fan and we were in that situation, I'd be scared of this deal, right? Because oh, I'm always scared of lumping that much money into one player eventually like the strength of that team i felt like was the offensive line i feel like you're probably going to lose a guy or two at this point now um but you know the 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 wannabe sports agent in me the wannabe business person in me is all about these guys going to get their money i'm all about the worker you know going into the you know workplace and demanding a salary and getting that salary yeah. so for me i'm happy for them um do i think that the Cowboys are about to win the Super Bowl next year? No, but uh, you know, hats off to that. Oh, what you I think? Jerry? Think, in, in my opinion, Dak deserves every penny. But when a guy gets hurt like that and it's not his fault, it's just like, man, like you know, okay, you know, Jerry Jones, you know, he's a guy that's not going to really like. I'm gonna pay him, but if he gets hurt again, it's like I don't want him to get hurt again. But if he gets hurt again, you know. What happens the year after that? Do we right. take him off? Do we release him? You know what I'm saying? It's it's kind of like what Rich. It's like not not what Rich Gannon. Um, Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe. He was in New England. He's on the team. He gets hurt. Brady comes in. Brady takes over. Drew's like, though, Drew's go to the Cowboys. And it's like, dang, okay. They paid Drew. They paid Drew Bledsoe all that money in the Dallas. He got hurt again. Tony Romo came in. Drew Bledsoe's done. If that gets hurt. And somebody else steps in, Dak, Dak is gone. I'm just saying, Dak going to be gone after that. Because, like, man, that's two injuries, two years in a row. Come on, man. That's you getting all this money. But that's that's why the guaranteed money was so important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because at this point, if Dak Prescott gets hurt again, Dak Prescott set for life. Yeah. So, right. you know, and if he were to get cut – um, he'd get an opportunity somewhere else, but it, you know, financially he'd be straight, so it really wouldn't matter. Yeah. So I, I have two things I think about. Uh, the first thing is, you know, we've talked about the player empowerment. Player it's, empowerment. and it's 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 one twenty six of the one sixty is guaranteed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. You good? Yeah. You good. Oh yeah. He's 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 set for life. Right. But you talk about like player empowerment with 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 uh, Deshaun Watson is doing. Kind of trying to force his way out, um, mm -hmm. and a couple of these other players, um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's talking about maybe wanting to be traded, and so I think with Dak, I, I see that from a player empowerment standpoint because we talked about he, you know, he gambled on himself, still got injured, and then still gets paid. So from players' perspective, now taking that one year deal, that franchise tag, it may not be, you know bet on yourself and if you get hurt you're not gonna get paid because now it's proven you know maybe it's a quarterback situation and, and quarterbacks are you know less risky than uh, a position player but the fact that he got paid even coming off an injury and they haven't seen him play a down since the injury i think mm -hmm. that you know it's starting to shift more power to the players in terms of negotiations um the you know the the general manager or the fan in me um it's concerned. Like if I was a Dallas fan, I'd be concerned. Like I'm glad the brother got paid, but as a Dallas fan, I don't know if he can win. I don't know if they can win a Super Bowl. I mean, they could barely win a playoff game with him. <laughs> right. Right. So you pay him $40 million and coming off an injury, a season ending injury, 
and he's the second highest paid quarterback when he hasn't played like the second best quarterback in the league. Exactly. And I just don't think that's a recipe for, uh, you know, a Super Bowl formula. Yeah, I mean, he put up numbers, but he didn't put those numbers up in a winning scenario. And and to your point, the top four, you know, average per year salary quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes at 45, Dak at 40 now, Deshaun Watson at 39, and Russell Wilson at 35. Realistically speaking, if I'm drafting a quarterback, like with all the quarterbacks you throw them in a draft right now, like I don't even know if I take Dak fourth. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? So for him to be second highest paid, you're going to have to produce because as we know, as Saints fans and any fan of any team, slowly but surely, they're going to have to make decisions where other people get taken off that roster. Their defense already wasn't that good. Zeke Mm -hmm. looked Zeke looked weak last year. I mean, he was being outplayed by backups. Right. And then the offensive line is where the money was. I feel like you're probably going to have to let, you know, a guy or two go. So they have really good receivers. He's going to have CeeDee Lamb. Gallup, I believe, will be back. He's still going to have. Hopefully. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. So he's got the weapons, but. He'll put up the numbers. I just don't know that I see them, you know, I don't I don't know that I see them making some deep playoff run. They'll be in there for sure. I think mm-hmm. Dallas going to be in there for sure. I think next year is going to be tough with, you know, the Bucks getting their whole team back. But mm-hmm. Dallas will be in there for sure if Dak is healthy. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, Philly's about to be run out there right. with Jalen Hurts, and then the Giants, the Giants. were just trash, and, and that was that was all they had. I Well, I guess Barkley was hurt, but I don't think Barkley makes them that much better. And then uh, the Redskins – they got rid of Haskins. They got rid of uh they got Smith. rid of Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. And yeah. so they about to come Stupid. out there. What's what's my guy? Heineke? They about to run it, they about to run it back with Heineke. Although I, I did might bring Cam. I heard that they're also that's true, Cam sweepstakes, but they're also in the uh San Diano sweepstakes. I heard. Uh, they, they don't want to be in those sweepstakes. Uh, <laughs> they'll be losing more games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but to but to Jaron's point, the Cowboys will be in the playoffs if, if Dak is healthy. Don't make noise. It's gonna hey, be yeah. tough though. Listen, man, I just don't I, I I tell you one thing. Ezekiel Elliott's days are numbered at 15 million dollars a year. This will be his last year in Dallas. Cause at some point you just gotta start making cuts. And I don't know. Like like I said, I'm I'm happy for Dak, but but like he hasn't shown me he was rolling last year. They had like top three offense and they weren't winning games. Mm-hmm. So now you pay him forty million dollars a year. <laughs> right. Like right. you do not get better paying no. anybody on your the, team. 40 the defense is the main issue there, right? Right. Okay, also injuries on defense though. Yeah. They have some injuries on defense. That's why they secondary. The front I think is okay. I don't know. I think it's just the secondary type of side of it. That's I think the whole secondary is kind of missing. That's been their weak point. So so wrapping it up. Um, you know, Rob, you said you wouldn't take Dak fourth. Where where do you think Dak stacks up right now in the NFL at quarterback? Like, I definitely think he's a top 10 guy. But, but Right, where? right. Yeah, I mean, I guess I need you to, to tell me we're talking – are we, we factoring age? Are we factoring yes, age? Yeah, yeah, Like, if you're starting a team this year – where does he fall? Like, if, if you're taking a quarterback, because obviously I'm going, obviously I'm going, uh, Patty. Pat Mahomes first. I'm I'm struggling on the second one because Aaron Rodgers is aged; he's 37. Um, mm. but I I, I still mm. like me some Aaron Rodgers. I probably go. Uh, 
Let I Russ probably, eh? Yeah, I was going to say, I'd probably go Russ next. I'm struggling with the Russ one because, and I, I think that's because I'm struggling with the Russ at, at two or three just because we had Jameis one-on-one on the podcast, and I follow him on Twitter, and he's uh, he's been doing a statistical analysis of like Jameis Winston versus Russell Wilson, and it's, it's in my head. It's, 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 it's affecting my judgment that's right the, now. That's the Florida State fan. <laughs> that's the Florida State fan, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Really, uh, yeah, so so yeah, then I go Russell Wilson, um, and then I think I go uh, Watson. Um, and man, at that point, you know, you probably do, you probably do go, you know, you got, you can throw names out there like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, but you probably are going to go Dak Prescott before those guys. Yeah. So yeah. I think, you know, and, and, and I'm only leaving Tom Brady off cause he's 50 years old. Right. Um, and I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest, uh, Tannehill guy, you know, I'm not the biggest Stafford guy. Those are some of the Come other on. ones. Put my boy Justin Herbert in there, Charger fan right here. Put Justin Herbert in that conversation. Put him in that it's, it's conversation. Really, it's really <laughs> early. Really early for that conversation. I got, yeah, I gotta oh, see more. I gotta, I gotta see more. Josh Allen. We could throw Josh Allen in that conversation. Oh no, Rob, Allen not you. I'll throw him in the conversation. Josh, top. Josh Allen. Uh, nah, I throw him in the top. I throw him in like the seven to eight range. So, so Jared. So, what you telling me, Jared, is if you think. Justin Herbert is, is ahead of Dak. Then you got Dak, you know, really at the back end of that 10. I want to say ahead of Dak. My father would be like, this is, I'm going to just do like the list, like how Rob did it. Pat Mahomes first. I I would say Russell Wilson at second, but I'm going to take Deshaun Watson at second just because Watson didn't have that many weapons as Russell. Yeah, I we mean, don't know yet. We haven't seen him with yeah. weapons. I mean, if Watson had. DK and all those guys on Seattle, let's say they traded places, I bet you Seattle would be making noise in that playoff run. I bet you they would have played the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. You might be right. Then third, I think, third I'll put, then I'll put Russell, four I'll put Rodgers. The five is close. I mean, you could say that, but then it's like Lamar Jackson showed us this year he could win a playoff game. He right. showed me a lot this year. I I doubted Lamar at first. I was like, he's never going to win a playoff game trying to run the ball. But he showed against a, a tough Dennis Tennessee defense, and it stopped Derrick Henry. So I got to give Lamar credit. Then you could throw Dak in there. Yeah. I, Aaron Rodgers is 50-50. I just – you've been there, what, three – you've been in the NFC Championship for that long, and you don't really right. – you know what I'm saying? You're kind of not showing me nothing. I'll give him credit. He He's a great quarterback, MVP this year. One of the, you know, Super Bowl, you know, he from Cal Berkeley. I represent Aaron Rodgers, Cal Berkeley and all that. But I don't know if you could put him over. Because Dak, like I said, he was putting up numbers on a week. But a week, like you said, Rob, a week spent, like a week point. He was still mm -hmm. putting up numbers at a week point. It's kind of close between Rodgers and Dak. That's just, so just kind of close to me. I think it's fair. I think Dak falls somewhere between six and eight. Here's mm -hmm. my thing, though, with Dak. And, I, and, and, and I'll say this. We can, we can move on. But to me, his, his comp is Russell Wilson. Right, like he made his biggest progress on a rookie deal when he had talent around yep. him. Russ is a great quarterback, but one he won, he won a Super Bowl and he made it to a Super Bowl on a rookie deal. Since he's got paid, yes, his statistics have grown, but the production on the field in terms of wins and losses has not. That's declined. Right, and I think you're right. going to see similar results in Dallas. Although Dallas kind of leveled off, even with him on a rookie deal, um, they had mm -hmm. that good first year as a rookie, but he's kind of. Um, hasn't you know exceeded those those uh projections since? So I think I don't think you see a, a huge jump in wins and losses 
you know, moving forward. Cause I just think when you pay a guy that much, you like Russ doesn't have offensive line. Like he's got DK mm-hmm. on the rookie deal, but he doesn't have offensive line. The defense has gotten progressively worse with, you know, the uh, releasing the members of the uh, Legion of Boom uh, and so forth. And so I just don't yeah, see how Dallas can improve the defense. I think that's just something though we haven't even touched on because we, you know, doing other stuff on the podcast, but I think that's why Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle, right? Like yeah. you sacrifice mm-hmm. all of these years basically making me the entirety of the offense and the whole point was that y'all were supposed to have this fire ass defense which you only had for the first couple of years right and then Four after years. yeah after that defense went away where did the money go because it wasn't on the offensive line they've never really had a star running back they never really had a star receiver that they paid big money for like they got josh gordon you know at a you know bargain price dk metcalf on a rookie deal so if you're Russell Wilson, the question becomes like, where were you spending the salary cap? And at the end of the day, like if the general manager ain't good, like send me somewhere where it is. Right. But to your point, you know, we all knew that that was going to happen. We had seen it so many times before Joe Flacco. Like every time you pay these guys, we saw it with Drew Brees. We never won another Super Bowl after we gave him that new deal. (laughs) Right. And I said it when it happened. And then people was just like, oh, you ain't no real Saints fan. Give Drew he, what he's owed. We we paid him until the cows came home, and we never made it to another Super Bowl. And, um, and some people think, you know, and I think we are some of them, uh, that we might have hurt our chances of winning one these last two or three years because of the fact we kept Drew. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I ain't, um, I ain't, don't even get me started because Pat Mahomes. I ain't, one, fan, I ain't a Saints fan, so I can't answer that. <laughs> Pat Pat Mahomes was one pick away, and I'll forever, you know. And Tom Brady would have signed with us this offseason if Drew were retired. So Pat Holmes you know, one pick away, and Deshaun Watson went one pick after us. One pick after, right? There's just so many things that could have happened. So many things could be different. Like if he would have retired a few years ago, but you know, I got my Drew jersey. You know, I was at the parade when we won the Super Bowl. I was screaming. I was yelling. So I'm never going to kick dirt on his name or Mickey Loomis's name or Sean Payton's name. But uh, things could have tra- definitely transitioned differently for I think us. We might have gave up one. I want to talk briefly about free agency. Um, franchise tags were made today. It was the deadline. You had, uh, like, for the Saints, Marcus Williams, Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin, um, uh, Bears tagged uh, Allen Robinson. Like, as you can see, it's not huge names. So I think that's kind of let you know the level of the, the free, free agents, agents that are going to be available or not not going to be huge game changers. But I mean, there are a few. Uh, you got Shaq Barrett from Tampa, uh, Galladay in, um, in Detroit. They let him go. Uh, uh, letting him test yeah. free agency. Chris Carson, Aaron Williams uh, in Green Bay. So anybody sticks out as kind of like, who do you think is the big marquee free agent um, this offseason? I mean, yeah, I mean, I to me though, and I'm you know, to get spoiler winners and losers, I'm going Aaron Jones. Like, you know, when you I I got the dude in fantasy like the last two years, he didn't carry me in some ways, yeah. And it's just like y'all just gonna let him walk, yeah. I I I thought the franchise tag was built for running backs. I thought I haven't looked at their cap situation to know, you know, why they would elect to do that. Well, you knew Kamara and and, and McCaffrey didn't drove that number up, up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe they just don't see him on that level. And, you know, one could argue he fumbled away. At but I'm not throwing that. I'm not putting that on him. I, I, I was upset that he didn't come back to the game. I'm like, you're a running back. You're supposed to be ready to get hit in the ribs, bro. Right. Like right. that ain't no reason to leave a game. But um, I just I to me, when you're talking about the way that the Packers are built, 
I don't understand how you let that guy walk. And, you know, realistically speaking, they're a very run-heavy offense. He could be a Kamara-type running back and go to an offense that likes to spread it out and be even more dangerous right. in my mm-hmm. opinion. So, you know, like I see somebody like him, um, you like Arizona or something like that. Ooh. You know what I mean? You put him with an offense like that with those wide receivers and that quarterback and you start splitting him out and stuff, that – be that'd be a whole nother you know problem right yeah, I, I think the free agents this year i really haven't really looked at the list i've seen bob miller um i'm kind of upset about jj Watt. i wish he would have came with the chargers with joey bosa because we're about to cut melvin ingram um but i really seen the free agents this year. i do think um you said shaq barris hasn't got franchise he ain't got yeah, he, he went with godwin instead so. yeah so they're saying that there is a possibility that von miller could end up in tampa bay because they might not be able to afford uh shaq barrett and, and von miller you know might end up being in a situation to take less coming off of injury and man, it's gonna be i don't know man it's gonna be this phrase is crazy i don't know a lot of people want something Right. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know. I, we're, gonna I, I, I don't know. we're gonna see. Um, I just think it's, it's teams are he- more hesitant to spend on free agents, especially with just like the bang for your buck with, with, with rookies nowadays. And I think rookies are just more equipped to come in and make an impact. Um, so I just think the free agent market is just you know kind of slim pickings and nobody like really sets themselves up to, to have a big payday, especially coming off of like the, the revenue stream and you know, the NFL, all that sports losing money with the lack of fans. So we'll see what happens there. Before we go to our winners and losers, though, I read something today. Uh, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of the Ali Frazier, uh, their first fight, which is huge, which is, which is like universally pretty much considered like the, the best boxing uh, rivalry of all time. Some, some people think it's the biggest rivalry in sports, uh, Ali Frazier. So uh, just any quick thoughts, Ali Frazier, or, or, or just most memorable boxing? Like we didn't grow up then during that time, of course. But any any big boxing matches that you know that you remember growing up, Rob, Jerry? Man, listen, Darren, <laughs> he was like not even I'm, thought of. I'm not, oh, no, we wasn't born yet. I grew up in the Mike Tyson era. Right. I grew up in Brooklyn. Uh, first of all, shout out to the we we usually do this at the end, but the Biggie Doc on Netflix. I gotta fire. see it, bro. Okay. It was fire, I bro. I Greatest rapper of all time died on March night. So today is Biggie's death anniversary. Mm-hmm. But, oh, um, we gotta go out to some <laughs> He's from yeah, he's from the West Coast. So I know he about to start oh, talking oh, about oh, pop. No, 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 yeah, I don't want to hear about no but <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that one, brother. It's but, I don't know about that one. But uh it's a line from a it's a line from a cannabis song. Second round knockout with Mike Tyson, which brings it all, the point all back home. The greatest rapper of all time, Donald Mark Knight. It was a, a line in the rap song. But anyway, uh, so growing up in Brooklyn, like Jay-Z said, Tyson, Jackson, Jordan, right? Like every Mike Tyson fight was an event. Yeah. And my dad lived in Harlem. My mom was in Brooklyn. So, you know, when I would go by my dad's house in Harlem, there was always a fight party. So we was going by somebody's house. And the funniest thing was that you had to get there early because he knocked everybody out in the first or second round. Um, And so like there was like one or two fight parties where we literally actually missed the entire fight. Because if you got there, you know, 30 seconds in, Mike Tyson might have knocked him out already. Um, So those are those are really my greatest boxing memories was just we had the Mike Tyson's punch out video game. We had gloves. We had the blow up uh, punching bag. My dad used to have us boxing each other in the house because. 
because of Mike Tyson, literally. Um, and so for me, you know, growing up as a kid, like I always thought Mike Tyson would beat Muhammad Ali. I mean, realistically speaking, looking at it now, like, I might say looking it, back on it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because you know, on the back end, once we became two, now we're agreeing like, on something right there. Now Mike Tyson does something. six years in jail. He comes out, he loses to Evander Holyfield. It's crazy because he was supposed to fight Evander. He loses to Buster Douglas. Obviously, that story is well told. He was out there wilding out. He said when he fought Buster Douglas, he was right. in Japan, just not training, not doing anything he was supposed to do. Um, and so, you know, who knows what Mike Tyson would have been if he never broke up with his trainers and everything and uh, yeah. had his criminal situation. Died, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but those were, were some great boxing memories. Um you know, all of Ali stuff is just, he, you know, he was an amazing man, uh, amazing leader. Uh, another movie recommendation, the uh, One Night in Miami. Sort of play. Movie's not as good, but it's a, just a great story of uh, Ali winning his first belt. Hey, bro, I need, I need you to stick to the script, bro. Ali won his, it's about Ali winning his first belt, bro. That's what we're talking about. It's Ali. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, I'll say this. Um I too, you know, came up with with Mike Tyson. I just wish he had that like marquee fight where he he was put to the limits and came out victorious. I right. felt like all his best fights ended in twenty seconds. Right. The the fights that you know he's you know most memorable for in terms of of not getting not knocking somebody out quickly. He lost right. He lost to he lost to Buster Douglas. He lost to Evander Holyfield what two or three times. So um, he lost to Lennox Lewis. Of course, he fought those guys after he got out of jail. So I never felt like Mike Tyson in his prime got the big fight that went eight, nine, ten rounds and he ended up victorious. So that's the one thing I wish in his career he would have saw. Um, and then also shout out to the to the middleweights, man. Uh Sugar Ray, uh Marvin Small, the Hagler. You know, he he don't like he don't like my boy Floyd Mayweather, who I hey, see boy, out here, who I see out here biking on. I'm, I'm a, a Floyd, Floyd fan, fan too. I see Floyd out here biking on South Beach with them big ass tires. And you know, Floyd is undefeated, and this man won't give him his respect. And the funny thing is, the gym I go to, they're always showing old Floyd fights, and people don't give him respect like he didn't have punching power, like he didn't fight the best. He hey. fought me, he yeah. fought Sugar Shane, he I'm fought gonna, Miguel Cotto, he fought everybody. He fought the YMCA greats. Okay, <laughs> that, that's what he Chris, fought. What? <laughs> He I went fought. to the Canelo Alvarez fight the other night. Canelo whipped this dude's ass in three rounds. Floyd made light work of Canelo Alvarez. Listen, I'll, I'll give I'll give you this. Like he was impeccable with his time in the fights. Oh. He fought everybody. Oh. Two three years too late. Jaron, I need him. your help. Jaron, please come. I'm, I'm about to chime in. Can I chime in? Chime I'm gonna say this about me. I well, I'm born in '98, so I grew up in the Mayweather era. But I'm and Pacquiao too. But I'm gonna say Mayweather. I watched. One of the fights that I always like when I watch on YouTube, I don't watch it in person. I watched the Gotti fight. Rest in peace, Tartario Gotti. Mayweather bullied Gotti. When I say bullied, I mean bullied. He made Gotti, Gotti was a it, brawler. And Gotti, and everybody kept saying, Gotti gonna beat Mayweather. Mayweather's cocky, this and that. Gotti got bullied the whole fight. The whole fight. Same thing with De La Hoya. They kept saying Delahoy was gonna beat Mayweather. Delahoy is experienced. Delahoy was promoting <laughs> fights when he fought him. Come on, man. He was the number one fight promoter when he fought Sugar him. Sugar Shane. Sugar Shane. He bust all these dudes' ass. I think Sugar Shane was Bro. 47 years old. <laughs> he fought, didn't he fight Tito Trinidad too? That's, yeah, he Damn. did. Uh, yeah, he did fight Trinidad. Come on. Ran ran none of them dudes in his Did spot. he fight Pernell Whitaker? I don't, I don't know so. if he fought Sweepy. 
I don't know if he fought Sweet Pea. But, but when, sorry, Sugar Shane fought, when Sugar Shane fought Mayweather and Sugar Ray caught him with that one, when Mayweather got back up, it was over after that. I'm sorry, bro. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, he don't have don't any memorable there. fights to me. Uh, Victor Ortiz, I don't remember none of the other fight. All, all his fights went 25 The Victor rounds. Ortiz controversy Nobody was the one when Victor down. Ortiz, you know, like hit him. Yeah, hit him. And then he yeah. punched him. They did the hand check thing, and then he punches him in the face, and Victor Ortiz falls I mean, Pernell Whitaker and Floyd Mayweather actually were sparring partners back in the day, apparently. Listen, it, you could look at all his fights. It don't matter which one. They all went 15 rounds, and ain't nobody fall to the mat. <laughs> Gotti went 15 rounds? Gotti went eight rounds. And Gotti and got yeah, changed to an attack. Back in the day, Floyd... As Listen. he aged, learned to be more of a defensive fighter. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, I'm not, I'm not a Floyd fan. You know, he did a statement. I ain't gonna lie, he undefeated, but but that's not, that's not my man. Uh, you know what we, we do? What we got next? Because you, you let's, just let's go see like a hater. Let's go <laughs> talk winners and losers, man, and get out of here. Uh, Rob, start us off with your winners and losers since you just put them in right for the <laughs> Man, it's been I've been busy over here in Miami. My first winner though is Blake Griffin. Uh, who is averaging 12 points, five rebounds, and four assists through 20 games with Detroit. I mean, the man's career was looking like it was done. He looked disinterested in Detroit. He looked garbage in Detroit. And this dude is about to basically hitch his wagon to an NBA Finals trip. And so, you know, hats off to him um, (laughs) because he's about to be, you know, catching alley-oops and running around with Kevin Durant. The, The Nets right now, what, like 24 and 13? I think they're second place in the East. And they haven't even really played with all three of their best players together. And now you throw uh, Blake Griffin into the equation. Um, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, listen, these these are guys who are no longer in their prime in the front court, but something's better than nothing. And so I think that, you know, it it's a win for him because I think, you know, regardless of how much he gets used, he's going to be able to take himself to the, to the NBA finals. Uh, my second winner, we already touched on this, Aaron Jones. I think that the Packers are making a huge mistake. I think Aaron Jones is going to garner a lot of money on the free agency market. And I think that, you know, we're talking about these guys. Uh, Kamara's averaging, what, like 15 a year? I want to say uh, uh, CMC, maybe 16 and some change, close to 17. Yep. David Johnson had gotten a big deal. Yep. Um, I, I don't see how Aaron Jones doesn't get north of 13 million on the open market at least. And so I think that, you know, I also think that, he was in a situation where he was going to be with three backs, Jamal Williams, AJ Dillon in with the Packers. And he might go somewhere now where he's really featured and catches a lot of passes out the backfield. So I think he's my second winner. Cause he's going to, he's going to make free agency work for him. If he's smart. Listen, I, I'll say this. You, you <clears throat> hit rock bottom when you get credit for joining a, a good team. That's, that's what Blake Griffin is at. <laughs> uh, super team. Super team. Yeah. My, uh, but, but what you going to say when Andre Drummond signs with the Lakers next week? That's not a super team. Oh, exactly. Thank you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm just saying, KD's played with Curry, Clay, and Draymond. They were all oh, yeah. Now he's got Kyrie, James Harden, and Blake Griffin, who's about to average at least. He doesn't have to average 20 points. He's got to average 13 yeah. points a quarter day. And he right. got DeAndre Jordan. That's a five right there. Right. Yes. I, I, I don't. I don't think any true NBA fan respects what Durant has done throughout his career. So. Yeah, I mean, you got two of the – those two – so you got the two dunkers off of Lob City and then put them with, like, three top six players in the NBA. Like, that's kind of ridiculous when you really look at what we're talking about. Yeah, we'll see. 
They still not going to be loved. Oh, I don't know, bro. I don't know, Chris. I don't know. This year may not be. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how the Lakers. I'm a diehard. I don't trust AD. The Lakers need 50 and 20 AD if they're gonna beat that team. And he should be able to give it to him being out for the last three months. If they go get Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond should be able to fill the JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard role. Hopefully, he's not as athletic as them, but he's bigger and stronger. I mean. And he probably, you know, gets you more points per game. And if he can fill that role, AD needs to come back. As he did, now they're giving him that four spot, and he can play away from the basket. No more excuses. Go give me an NBA sec, uh, MVP second half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thing is like the Nets can't defend, and I just don't. I, I don't believe a team can win the yeah, championship. You got to stop them from four Score, games. Four yeah, I games. I agree with you. You know. But our our we got we the number one defense in the West. So yeah. actually in the NBA, we the number one. Lakers are the number one defense in the West. The whole defense, NBA defense still wins championships. And I heard Montrell Terrell may be on the chopping block, which I mean on the trade market, which may help the defense because he's. A, but the thing about it is with Montrez, they're not gonna. They went. I don't think they'll trade him. I think Kuzma gotta go. I think Matthews gotta go. Oh, Wesley Matthews is awful out there. I just. I think Marcus Saul got to go too. I think Mark's just like, oh, I'm out here. You know, I want to ring. He's a Hall of Famer, probably, right. I think. But mm. I just think he's got to go. Trez got to stay because Trez, you know, it's his first year with LeBron. But I know it's cute, though. AD's first year with LeBron, they won a championship. I'm just saying. Trez, mm. he's still trying to get the formula of coming off the bench because when he's on the Clippers, he started like the last, like, you know, started with the Clippers. That was their mm. lineup. They would have Zubak in there sometimes, but Montrez was their main guy to start the box. Yeah, I just think that some people say he's a defensive liability in the front court. Yeah, because he's a little bit undersized, like yeah, six, 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 yeah, six, for for his. When well, he rebounded, okay, but he's a beast on the boards. Yeah, yeah. That, that, he's a beast on that. Uh, give my two winners right quick. My first one is Maya Chaka. Uh, she's the first black female referee to make it to the NFL. She's been training with the NFL since 2014. Uh, as part of the NFL officiating development program, she also refed. Uh, NFL preseason games prior and in Pac-12, Conference USC and Pac-12. And most recently, she was a referee for XFL. So congratulations to, to Maya for making it to the, the big dance. My second winner, I feel like Dion's been on there multiple times, but it's Dion. Prime, Prime time. Prime Sanders. This man. Keep putting him on. Maybe he'll come on the podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Prime, holla at your boy. Uh, first SWAC conference game. Dion steps in with, with Jackson State University down at halftime, come from behind when they recover the fumble at the own one yard line with a minute and four seconds left to preserve the 33-28 victory over Grambling in Grambling, Louisiana. Jackson State mm. ended Grambling's 16-game home winning streak, the second longest in FCS, and also they uh, put an end to five consecutive losses. Uh, to Gramlin and also losing eight of their last nine. So Dion just got the whole team believing. Like just that's just what he does. He just brings the swag, the confidence, and and you know a lot of people doubted him. Even you know I, I doubted him some if, if he was truly committed. But but he's given that uh that confidence to to Jackson State, and I think you're starting to see it early on in the, in the year. So uh, go prime. He heading for that Florida State job, bro. Yeah, we all gonna pretend yeah. like he didn't accuse somebody of stealing his wallet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> after the first game. He was wrong said, for that. They said they turned the lights out and said, Now we all gonna leave. 
And when we come back, his stuff better be back and nobody's in trouble. And apparently that's how he got his wild and everything black that back. That's about the blackest school thing I've ever heard. The, 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 the locker room getting robbed. <laughs> you don't got to be careful about, you know, you've been talking a lot about the lack of resources. <laughs> right. While against the, you know, it's a, it's you a knew lot. what it was when you went to Jackson, Mississippi. Get out right. Of here. right. Nobody right. feel bad for you. Uh, All right. You got to find losers. My bro. first loser. Myers effing Leonard, right? Because <laughs> and I'm saying effing because he's playing. I don't even know what it was. Was it Call of Duty say. or say. something? He he's. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what words I can read out of this quote, and it's not many. Effing cowards, don't effing snipe me, you effing k word b i t c h, and and the k word is a racial slur used against the Jewish community. Uh, he says it in the game and I heard it on Twitter. And it's like when I was listening to he's first of all, I understand these people live streaming, because if you remember a few months back, I think we had the, the, the racers live streaming their game. And that dude used the N word. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So now here we are with Myers, Myers Leonard. And I, again, I got another loser from playing a video game on live stream. Why do people record themselves playing video games? Yeah, so I don't know, but I don't play video games anymore. So it's, that's that's not my world. But he is my loser. He is on the end of the bench for the Miami Heat. Like, we're talking 11, 12th man. We're talking eight, nine minutes a game, three points a game at best. I think he's only in, He might have appeared in seven games this year, I think. And uh, also, he's got like a – I don't know if he dislocated his shoulder. He's got a cast right now. I think his, his girlfriend's an Instagram star. She's posting how she was taking care of him and all of this other stuff. She likes to shoot, play basketball and stuff too. And so – now, while we're shooting this podcast, I, I was telling y'all, I said, like, I don't understand how he's still in the league. Like, right. he's he's Riley Cooper, right? Like, you're so close to the end of the bench, you are one F up away from being, you know, in the D League or playing overseas. And so uh, the Heat just announced while we're all sitting here that he is now going to be taking time away from the team, which I guess means he can't sit on the bench with his cast anymore. Um mm -hmm. My second loser. Wait, hold on, hold on, right quick before you move on, Rob. Listen, I casually play Fortnite with my son, who's nine years old. Mm -hmm. These little children out here talking reckless. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that. Have you been cursed out by a child? Yes. Look, I, I've, I've, look, I, I told one of them I was gonna call him mama, <laughs> and I heard a lot of what Myers Leonard said. I'll say that. Have I'll you been called that. the N word by a child while I, playing Fortnite? I have not. I have not. Now, now my son claims he's heard it, and so then he he like removes him as a friend. But this is crazy. But, this is a whole other world out here. No children reckless. Man. Yeah, this is crazy. Like it's it's no coincidence this shit happens when the adults because they've been talking reckless for a long time on these microphones. I'll see that. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I ain't mean to cut y'all. Nah, I just you know Myers Leonard, yo, he's like not he's not like no twenty year old basketball vet. player. He's a right. nine year vet about yeah. to ruin his entire like you about to. Ruin the, the bag for you right. and your wife over a video game and a racial slur. Oh, and I forgot the best part. He said he didn't know what the racial slur meant. Right? Like, you're 30 years old, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what a Jewish racial slur is. That's a very specific slur. Like, right, right. I, I, either you know that word or you don't know that word. You don't use it and not know what it means. Get out of here. Like, just, just apologize. Just to like, be exact. No. Just apologize. <laughs> Grown ass man. Just say you sorry. <laughs> you talking about you ain't know what the damn oh, word meant. All right. My, my second loser is Allen Robinson. Through no fault of his own. Allen Robinson, you know, a, a very talented wide receiver. Loved him when he was in mm -hmm. Jacksonville. Now he's in Chicago. The brother can't get a quarterback <laughs> to save his life. 
Uh, Chicago's bro. supposed to be in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes, but I don't think that's going to happen. They're probably going to be right back there with Mitchell Trubisky. They've now franchised Allen Robinson, just keeping this man in purgatory for, in perpetuity. And I feel bad for him because he's going to end up back there next year with Trubisky, and he's on the franchise tag. Like, if you're going to make me play with a bad quarterback – at least give me a long-term contract. Like, you know, the Deshaun Watson situation. Y'all took away all my weapons. I'm going to rake y'all over the coals and take all the money, you know, that y'all have to, to give me because I'm giving my services in exchange for limited resources. So I feel bad for Allen Robinson. He's trapped. Uh, I hope the brother gets out at some point. Yeah, bro. I feel I feel bad for him. Let that man walk. Y'all can't win shit anyways. Right. Shit. Like, let the man go get paid somewhere. Save, that, save your money. Hopefully they at least trade him. Listen, man, I'm going to try to say my first loser without getting us kicked off the air. You know, the few listeners we have, I don't <laughs> want to lose them. But uh, my first loser is Les, Lestico Miles. You know, for all these years, I thought we called him Lesticles because he had big balls to go for four <laughs> down. Apparently not. Apparently it was for other reasons. Uh, and, and that's not to make light of the situation. But uh, LSU has been in the news a lot lately for you know various accusations of, of sexual harassment uh mm-hmm. inappropriate you know treatment of of women by by men in the athletic department whether it be players coaches administration um so the report came out last week uh and a big issue that came out of the report was that les miles had a couple of, of you know sexual harassment charges that were settled and and kind of redacted and and so you know they, they wouldn't get out of the, the court so whatever, what have you, Rob might be able to shed a little more light on that. But but out of that comes that Les Miles today mutually parted ways with Kansas as a football coach, um, you know, due to that 2013 internal investigation where Miles was accused of inappropriate behavior toward female students, including allegations. He contacted some via Facebook, uh, text messages, met them off campus alone and kissed at least one of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll say this. Miles has, Miles has always looked like a nasty ass pervert. He talks like a pervert, uh, you, you know. Like so, so I don't think this is is really surprising or shocking by any anybody who's watched Les Miles press conferences over the years. So uh, Les Miles is my first loser. Here's what I'm not about to let you do. Here's what I'm not about to let happen. And Jaron knows where I'm going with this because I sent y'all the article earlier. This is an LSU issue. And y'all are trying to put the blame in all of these random places. This was an institutional, program-wide issue. The fact of the matter is all this information came out of a Title IX investigation because the USA Today wrote an article about y'all's failure overall as a university to handle sexual assault allegations on campus. It just so happened that some of those rolled out of Darius Geis, a football player, having sexual assault allegations. So the fact that your former coach got caught up. Let's not act like we ain't see the clip of uh, of uh, Coach O in the pool. You know, Coach O just got a divorce, right? That was consensual. All right. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sound like everybody having fun in Baton Rouge. Sound like oh, everybody I mean, having a little fun in Baton Rouge. I mean, I can and... show some pictures of Miami, you know. <laughs> I think you've been having some fun. You know listen, we all go there. Listen, I, I am not suppressing sexual assault allegations. That's the key issue here, right? <laughs> Let's not lose sight of the key underlying issue. There's a lot of protests going on at LSU's campus. I saw some clips. They were outside the student center. They wouldn't let the players out of the students out in their cars. Um, yeah. And it just, it looks a little messy. I feel like you know, the SEC usually doesn't get 
the coverage that some of the, you know, the West Coast or the East Coast schools might get because football is king. And so in Alabama and LSU, Mississippi, a lot of those schools like this type of stuff doesn't get as much national coverage as I feel like it necessarily should. I mean, the, the fact that these protests are going on after all of this probably should be uh, more in national news. And I just think that LSU has to really take a long, hard look at themselves. We talked off the podcast. You were telling me about the two people who were suspended, uh, a woman and a black man. Um, and Surprise, surprise. Right. And I just think that, you know, from the top down, I've started to, you know, review the report. And it just seems like they're doing as much as they possibly can to put it on people who are either no longer there or in some subservient positions where they can suspend them. And the people at the top can escape any blame and responsibility. And I don't like that. Listen, man, we all know what's the deal, right? Alabama, Florida, uh, you know, none of these schools really want to talk about what LSU is doing because I'm sure they got a couple of uh, skeletons in the closet. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about uh, a big money maker. I think ESPN has a $2 billion, con uh, CBS, I think, has a $2 billion contract. I think ESPN just got the rights, which starts in a couple of years. On the SEC uh, network. Yeah, football mm -hmm. is king. Um, and they don't want to mess with their money. Money mm -hmm. rules the world. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Um, LSU definitely had a problem. I think I made Geis and lose on here. So I've not swept this under the rug. <laughs> but I am not going to let Lesticus get away with being a perv. <laughs> so he's still on my list. Man was having a good time on that college campus. Huh? <laughs> Look, and, and you know, mm, 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 mm. just like Miles, he couldn't close the deal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> On the field or otherwise, mm. we'll leave mm. that. Last loser, the PGA Tour. Um, you know, we took a week or so off, but Tiger Woods had a serious uh, one-car accident. Um, said he was found unconscious. A lot of and sustained multiple injuries, and there's fear that it could be career-threatening. And I, for me, that's that's a sad day for the PGA Tour. I've, I've said multiple times, I think Tiger ranks among the best, most elite athletes in the world and, and most dominant uh, in any sport. And for the PGA Tour to lose a guy like that, a guy that whether you love him or hate him, you're going to tune in to watch him. There's nobody uh, who came before him that that created that much interest, especially amongst like blacks and minorities. And I don't think there's any pro professional golf players right now that um, warrant the interest from, from any group of people. Um, you, you know, you think of the Rory McIlroy's, the Brooks uh, Copas or whatever, but none of them make you want to watch on Sunday. Tiger did, even whether you are a golf fan or not. And so I think I think the PGA Tour may have lost um, what will be a once in a generation play. So I, I did. I did like the guys wearing the red shirt, black pants in honor of Tiger. That was cool. Because, you know, Tiger hasn't always been super well ex no. accepted when he was younger. I mean, you watch the doc and you see, like, he was super competitive and not necessarily as friendly. But I think he's in a, a space and a place in his life where, you know, he's forged a lot of relationships. So it's good to see that, that he has support. I, I think you see a lot of comparisons to, to Kobe Bryant, right, in Tiger mm -hmm. Woods' career. Like, right. started off dominant but kind of, like, aloof. An asshole, yeah, just yeah. like I was raised to be this warrior exactly. and beat y'all. I don't really want to be y'all's friend, right? And on yeah. the back end, see him, you know, transition as a father, um, you know, try to ingratiate himself to the to the players. So, um, man, that's all we got. But uh, let's try to hold on to this one, right? Like, let's, yeah, let's, right, because because exactly. Tiger is man, yeah, like he just taking chances. Yeah, it's just like closer and closer. Like, just yeah, keep Tiger safe. 
You're right, man. You're right. Uh, before we get out of here, Jaron, man, appreciate you coming on. Anything you want to <laughs> say on the, on the way out? Uh, not much. Everybody just stay safe because this Corona thing ain't going away. And everybody's got what they mask. I know Rob in Miami, so he just stay over there, man. Man, why Rob right. ain't wore a mask in about six months, bro? <laughs> trying, to, trying, to, trying to get trying that to get back. Somebody to get... from a something, but you got to stay wear a mask, bro. Be smooth, because out there, to... I know it's dangerous. Oh yeah, we yeah we're man, it's, Rob, it's wide open out here. But Rob I'm trying to get that vaccine on Monday. I'm trying to get my shot please, on Monday. Bro, this man that brunch, him <laughs> on a beach, just wild. Yeah, we had a little day party, a little day party on Sunday. It's good times out here, Monday. It's outdoor, outdoor mask wearing, outdoor yeah. mask wearing Caribbean day party. Good time, rising toast. I had a I had a, I had a great time. Tell, tell us anything, man. My wife wouldn't even let Rob in the house. <laughs> she she made, made me sit on the back porch. She ain't know where that man been at. <laughs> but, but that's uh, that's it. Listen, let's go out to some Biggie Rob. I know you got to right. pull up the music, so if I got to yeah. talk a few minutes. Nah, let's go with some uh, more money, more problems. We out of here. We out of here.